Middle of January. Hello, welcome to 4630. With uh, me, James Yorkston, and uh, also in the room we have... Uh, me, me, Stephen Marshall. Me, Thanks. me. <laughs> Thanks for having Stephen me. Stephen Marshall. <laughs> How are you, Stephen? You're right. Yeah, I think so. You're right, love. You had a nice day. Do you know what? I forgot to ask you on your podcast, your last, last on the last podcast, yeah, I yeah, forgot to ask you about the tour that you did in December. When oh, it, it was great fun. Was it good? It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I would say for every hundred tickets sold, I'd say about 70 people turned up. Though there was quite a big drop off because of COVID. But people didn't ask for their money back either before or after the show. So we got paid okay, although I'm still waiting for the fees from three of the shows to come through. Um, but no, it was a lot of fun. And I tell you, man, it felt very nice being at gigs where folk wanted to hear the music. Mm-hmm. You know, people were laughing and crying and just really, really into it. Some folk were really into it. And I had numerous people bring copies of of almost the entire back catalogue wanting signed. Oh, really? And it was extremely flattering. And, you know, these are small rooms I was playing. Some of the, I think the smallest was 100 capacity, that sort of size, you know, yeah. up, up to about 300. And uh, it felt great with those rooms just full of people who wanted to be there and wanted to hear the music. And the the only thing which went badly, really, was somebody requested moving up country once or twice, in fact, two different nights. And I can't really play that song anymore. My fingers aren't strong enough. I can't really get inside the song. And so I really feel I regret playing those two songs. But other than what, that, it was a brilliant songs? tour. You played Moving, Moving Up Country, country twice, twice yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah, on two different nights. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that, is that, why is that a difficult song to play? I just I don't know. It's just completely different. I wrote it when I could... I wrote it so long ago, and I d- just can't get inside it at the moment. You know what I mean? I can't make it work as a song. It just sounds like an old guy singing a young guy's song. Whereas some of the songs in that period, like 6.30 is Way Too Early or La Magnifica, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love them. And I, I'm very happy to sit there and sing them, you know, St. Patrick. I guess I'm lucky that first record's got some okay stuff on it. So, uh, yeah, that aside. And then I guess the only other negative would be I got caught by the congestion charge in London and Birmingham. So <laughs> the last few days I've had all these bills just coming in day after day with bl- blurry photos of the car, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, you got to pay this, man. What do you think you're doing? So I'm just hoping that there's no congestion charges in Hull and all these other places we played, you know. But anyway, yeah, it was good fun. And uh, and uh, I guess I, I missed it. What do you think, the commercial, you know? Do you think people that... that um the reaction is because people have been missing going to gigs. Is that what you were noticing? I think I have slowly dredged up enough people who like my music that if I'm lucky with a fair wind behind me, and maybe the pandemic provided that fair wind, I can get enough people in a room that just really like the music. Yeah. And then they're all there and they're all listening and they want to hear the songs and they want to join in. And there's, they're over the moon to be there. And Did I'm over the moon to be there as well. Playing, were people you know. singing along? Yeah, yeah, people were singing along. It was lovely. Absolutely. There's, it's, so, it's such a magical thing. Are there, are there any musicians who don't it, like people singing along? Well, the singing along thing. I'll, I'll be doing, you know, say something like St. Patrick and I'll be going, oh dear, or whatever, you know. And then you just hear it coming back from the crowd. Yeah. You just hear this, oh dear, and it's it's such a beautiful feeling. It's yeah. like a wonderful Christmassy feeling, so you know. It's funny because being 
um, being in an audience when that happens yeah, yeah. is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's a really lovely feeling when you're all singing along with somebody's song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's there's a it's a it gives you a real sense of kind of community, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But um, that a community that's that's the feeling of the whole the whole tour gave me that feeling of. Ah, good. What a lo- what a lovely bunch of people it is who come to my shows. I've, and I've it was mostly mostly women, which is which is interesting, and uh, people my age and and it's just you know there's a load of drunks and then there's a load of just great <laughs> undrunks and and you know some sad quite sad people who came along and just told me their sad stories and uh, really put themselves down and stuff. People with a lot of money are just saying, I've done nothing with my life, mate. I've done nothing. Look at what you're doing. It's incredible. I've done nothing. I've got this big house, this big car. And I'm thinking, well, you know, it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> you know, you big house, big car. But, you know, it was, uh, yeah, okay. I, I won't say any more. But, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I really absolutely loved it. Right? Yeah. Um, I was going to say that I've heard... I've heard singers saying to me they don't like it when people sing along and that doesn't make any sense to me. So who said that they don't like it when people sing along? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Well, Kenny's always been like that. (laughs) 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 No, I'm only joking. Uh, Well, it's fair enough. I mean, I guess I don't like it when people, when I'm playing with YTK, I don't like it when people clap along because... uh, You mean like on an ITV uh, Saturday Night Show when they do that? Yeah, when they when they clap along to the beat because usually they get it wrong. Yeah, actually, you know that doesn't happen at YTK gigs, but <laughs> people clapping along. I don't like people clapping. No, clapping along at gigs. I do like people singing along. Singing along, yeah, no, it's beautiful, wonderful, etc. It's been cold, eh? Moving the subject away from you, from me. It's been <laughs> it's been cold, isn't it? Yes, you do look cold. I do look cold. <laughs> Um, right so I'm going to play years ago there was um, when I first moved to Edinburgh actually I'm not sure about the date but my memory of it is from when I first moved to Edinburgh so we're talking mid early mid 90s um, I discovered a series of CDs called The Secret Museum of Mankind and it was basically hang on oh well they've taken away the, the old subtitle uh, it was called something like ethnomusicological um, rumblings from other places or something. But now it just seems to be called Secret Museum of Mankind. And I I came across one of their albums on vinyl, which I bought. Uh, I guess I got this when I was on tour. And uh, so I'm going to play a track from this. This is a guy called Udi Jogi. <laughs> Do you think that's, how his, <laughs> think that's his name? And uh, uh, the track called Black Long Gassy. Here we go. Thank you. 
What will you and I tell her? Now that you and I have become lovers The reason we've become so close now We would reminisce and she would seem near But she seems so far away now A train journey away in Glasgow We say we both still love her deeply but I'm afraid now that she won't want to know And I'm frightened, I know Joy, joy, loves rebellious joy Joy, joy, loves rebellious joy When we three were together those times were few and far apart I'd want the day to last forever The station swallowed me up and we'd be torn apart You two would always pull my leg now <laughs> But I'd no idea you were lovers for real And her and I were never lovers Nowadays she seems so bitter to me and I can't make her see Joy, joy, loves rebellious joy Joy, joy, loves rebellious joy I've tried so hard to forget you Burning your letters was so hard to do Never mind the broken hearted What becomes of uh, the unrequited Never mind the broken hearted What becomes of uh, the unrequited What becomes of us too? Time won't heal these wounds. Shouldn't end in better silence. about that record Stephen um, that was Paul Rickey Lovers it was a self-released thing on his record label Thursdays Records he was in a band called the Thursdays who um, had one release that I know of and it was on a, a compilation called Earcom 2 which was a fast product oh, yeah, 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 yeah. release and uh, they did oh, I don't know they did a cover of Sitting on the Dock of the Bay Okay. 
<laughs> which wasn't very good and another one and I had to put this I'd put this record in the shop for sale and nobody bought it so I took it back off sale yeah yeah so how much was it for sale for? £20 I thought that was a, I thought that was it's brilliant, brilliant I thought it? it was really good and uh, that for me is, is uh, one of the best things you've played certainly the best thing you've played today this is from uh, recorded in the summer of 1980 and I kind of I think it really um, represents that post-punk it sounded, DIY it sounded to me a bit of uh, the first Cure album which I believe is called Three Imaginary Boys uh-huh. it had a similar sound to that um, what, do you know what's interesting though? No, what's interesting? Alan from Flahoot Coffee, who hangs about there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was 14, yeah, yeah. he became the bassist in the Thursdays. Oh, right, okay. So so uh, Stephen pointed down to the, another part of the building oh, yeah. where sometimes there's a, there's a guy selling coffee. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes I get here and he's not there at all. So <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, quite know what's going on. He seems almost as daft as Stephen, as in <laughs> Stephen set up a record shop in the middle of nowhere and this guy set up a coffee shack right beside it. Um, I love that. I thought it was brilliant, Stephen. Well done. Now, see, when I was on tour, I, uh, I may have told you this story. Did I tell you what happened after the show in Birmingham? No. You sure? Definitely not. Right, well, I'll tell you the story now because I'm going to play a record that I bought in a record shop over the road from the venue. And uh, so the, we were allowed we were allowed to leave our stuff in the venue, which we sometimes do. It means we can both have a drink and we can, um, you know, we can relax and stuff. So we uh, left our stuff and then we got a cab to the hotel and then we got a cab back in the morning and I spotted a record shop. So I went in and I was there for a long time and I bought maybe half a dozen albums. And including one that I'm gonna play a track from now by uh, from a Lee Perry album. And uh, I was speaking to the guy about, uh, <laughs> you know, I was speaking to him about Anne Briggs actually, cause he had loads of topic stuff there. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and he said it had been handed over. And I said, uh, oh, did was there any Anne Briggs in there? And, and he was like, no, no, there wasn't. Uh, and he said to me, "Oh, your accent. You're not from. You're not from Birmingham." I said, "Oh no, I was down here doing a show." And uh, I said, "Oh, where are you playing?" I said, "Oh, just over the road." And he said, "Oh, what's your name?" I said, "James Yorkson." He said, "Oh, yeah, yeah. I would have come to see you maybe ten years ago." I said, "Oh, that's nice of you to say." So <laughs> he said, "Quite a small venue. You would have uh, been playing bigger places ten years ago as well." And I thought, "Well, that's probably true." But you know, <laughs> but I said, "This is the smallest venue on the tour," and I come back because I love it and all that sort of stuff. But he was probably quite right but anyway we were chatting for a long time and i thought what a nice guy and then i thought right i better get back to the venue and and uh meet viking moses mm. so i went back to the venue and somehow i missed viking moses and viking moses went and walked into the shop and the guy in the record shop was saying to his pal you know who that was that was james yorkston he writes good songs, but he's got a terrible voice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. One of the records he sold me with, with my terrible voice is uh, Lee Perry, The Black Emperor, Volume 1. Seven-inch singles recorded at the Black Ark Studio. And this is Lee Perry and the Upsetters with Kiss Me Neck. Let's go. 
took this from the that record from the shop because it's for sale and I remember why it's for sale. See, I was enjoying that. I thought that was really good. And I was just saying that uh, the track that I played was anonymous reggae. Reggae by numbers, let's, really. Let's get this podcast improved. Well, it's not going to be improved by what I was going to play next. <laughs> Unless you like scra- scrappy old folk music. Um, that one that I played was uh, Vincent uh, Jeremy Nanny from the Modern Pop Percussion. If you want to buy the record, if you do really like that record, it's for sale in Futtle Records. <laughs> well, I'm going to play uh, a track recorded in uh, 1908. Uh, and it's Joseph Taylor singing Rufford Park Poachers. And fans of James Yorkson and the Big Eyes family players will know that we did a version of Rufford Park Poachers on our 2009 album, Folk Songs. Like Now, because Stephen had a hig with that record and took it off early. I'm not sure if this is lined up correctly, so we'll see. Lord Bateman was a noble lord, a noble lord of some high degree. He himself on board He's clearly singing Lord Bateman here. Yeah, this is some leader. Yeah. Hang on. Set me free. I will give it forty Rufford Park poachers this time. They say that forty gallon poachers there was in the maze. They'd often been attacked when the number it was less. So poacher bold as I would fall, keep up your gallon car. And think about those poachers' bold that night is not a spot. Nay, because don't believe it so, where pheasant or the nest was sent on there for everyone, quite equal for to share. So, poultry balls as I wouldn't fall, keep up your gallant heart, and think about those poultry balls that night is looking for. The keepers, they begun the fight with stones and with to flail. But when the poultry started wild, they quickly turned their tail. The poultry bowled as high as a fall, keep up your gallant heart. And think about those poultry bowls that night in Rufford Park. Oh, my land is like a wild goose Wanders all around everywhere Trembles and it shakes till every tree is Rolls the meadows and it rolls the meadows. Take me down to your 
when they stare Paint a different color on your front door And tomorrow we will still be there Jesus built a ship to sing a song to It sails the river and it sails the tide Some of my friends don't know who they belong to Some can't get a single thing Loved you every day And now I'm leaving And I can see the sorrow in your eyes I hope you know a lot more Than you're believing Just so the sun don't hurt you when you cry Should we talk about Graham Parsons? Yeah, that was Graham Parsons and Emmylou Harris, right? Yep. She, that, I, 
I don't know a huge amount about Grand Parsons, but those two albums that got put out together on one CD, Grievous Angel and GP, mm-hmm. I listened to that CD over and over and over and over one summer. And it's and because of that, I still listen to it now, and it's, uh, it's a selection of songs that I love. Yeah. And it was my first real way into that kind of uh, cheesy element of, of country music. Yeah. And so I know it well, but that sounded like a completely different version. And I can't quite work out why it sounded like a completely different version. Maybe maybe there is a different, maybe I had a an outtake CD or something. I, I had that CD yeah, as yeah. well. And um, I bought, I know specifically why I bought it. I bought it because the enemy wrote about Graham Parsons. Yeah, yeah. And that CD came out and they wrote about like Graham Parsons being this amazing thing. And I bought it, listened to it, and I absolutely hated it. Yeah, yeah. And I hated everything about country music. And it's only probably in the last two years that I re re listened to Grand Parsons yeah, stuff yeah. and realised how much like how amazing it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? But it took me it took me that mm. long. Yeah. From and um I've listened I know that I've listened to a lot of kind of country and a lot of kind of honky tonk music over the last couple of years and I've been really enjoying it. I really hated it when I was younger. For me, I was working at the one of the opens, ladies and gentlemen of the audience. There's a, a golfing thing here called the Open, which they have, and sometimes it's the the one of the tobacco companies done does one as well. But those jobs that we used to have when Dunhill. we were kids, Dunhill, those jobs that you could get when you were a kid. And I remember when I was maybe twenty or something, working here, coming back from Edinburgh and working here. And it was long shifts. It was ten-hour shifts working in the kitchen as a KP. So basically, mm. scrubbing stuff off off things, you know, scrubbing chickens off 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 uh, stuff. I did a lot of KP work. And I so <laughs> nasty. It's a nasty business. But I had that CD with me, and I used to listen to it whilst I was doing the work. And that's how I really got into it. Mm. That's how just by listening to it whilst doing this, whilst doing this work. I remember. When you left the site, when you left the golf site, they would send you out towards Lucas. That was the only way you could go, and you'd have to crawl towards Lucas. Then when you got to Lucas, you were allowed to turn around and drive back towards St. Andrews. So you've just done eight or ten hour day, you know, and then you've got to wait 45 minutes in this queue of traffic. And at the time, I was, I was driving a Type 2 Volkswagen camper van that my folks had, and uh, I decided that I was just going to drive through the tented village, you know, of where all the golfers were and all that sort of stuff. Where you're only really allowed in those in those wee buggies. You know, those wee buggies where Jack mm. Nicholas goes, hey, I'm Jack Nicholas and stuff. So what I did was I put my cap on back to front. Even back then I was wearing caps. And I and I, I had a staff badge and I stuck it on my arm. So if anyone looked in, the first thing they would see was staff, you know. And then I turned up Grand Parsons really loudly. <laughs> and I just drove through really really slowly getting past all these people and I got home, you know, and it saved me like an hour or something, something <laughs> daft like that. And so I did that night after night after night and folk gave me the weirdest looks, but I was just that. So that's that album. That's what it reminds me of that, <laughs> that time, you know, great, great stuff. Great stuff. Um, I think we're coming to the end of the podcast, but because we've, we've played so many short songs, we've got one extra one to play. Yes. And I'm going to play, it's from the new Michael Hurley album, and it's an instrumental track, and it sounds nothing like Michael Hurley to me, but I mm. think it is a really 
beautiful piece of music. Is it written by him? It's called Nocco the Monk, and I believe it is written by Michael Hurley. And, uh, oh, right, right. Before then, I played... Where was it? Joseph Taylor singing um, Rufford Park Poachers from uh, recorded in Brig, Lincolnshire on 25th of May 1908, I believe. It could have been the 27th of May. Do you think um, we'll ever be accused of... Um, and that's on Leader Records. Breaking new music. Breaking new music. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving six music a run for its money. No, I don't think so. But you know, you can play what you want. Oh, look, there's a. Oh, that's that's pretty. There's a reproduction of an advert for Joseph Taylor's music. Gramophone records of Percy Granger's collection of English traditional folk songs, sung by genuine peasant folk singer Mr. Joseph Taylor. That's what you need, genuine peasant genuine folk peasants. singer. Brilliant. Okay, cool. Thanks for listening, folks. This is uh, Michael Hurley. See, uh, listen to the next one. Thank you. Bye. Bye.